0: The system is super cool. It is very unusual. It is composed of multiple glands in the body and those glands release hormones and hormones are chemicals basically that are released in one area and they travel through the body, through the bloodstream, and they have their effect on a distant site. So that's what's kind of special or unique about the hormones. It's different than, for example, the neurological system, which releases chemicals, but that acts in a very short distance and very quickly. The hormones, on the other hand, are released in a different way from glands, and under a type of stimulation, they then travel long distances, sometimes very long distances through the body, so that takes time through the bloodstream, and then they their effect can last minutes days weeks and even months sometimes so it's a very complicated system. I like to give the concept that the hormones once they hit their receptor there has to have a receptor where it's acting once they hit their receptor they they clink into it similar to a key in a lock it has to be a special fitting where it can act And then that process of doing that is like turning on a car or when all of a sudden your lights come back on in the house after a storm. Basically then all the little things in the house start clicking on or in the car. So when the electricity comes back on, maybe your lights come on, your music comes on, a fan comes on, different things in different parts of the house start acting. And that is how it is when a a hormone hits its receptors, it turns on certain things in the cell that it is supposed to turn on. And so that is kind of the concept. So you take, it's all so hard to even see and fathom, but you take this hormone and under a certain stimulation it's released, then it travels through the bloodstream. So it's released by its gland, travels through the bloodstream and then acts at a distant site in a very microcellular, amazing way. So let's talk about the glands. I'm gonna start from the head and go down. It's kind of an easy way to do it. So in the head, if you put your finger between your eyes, right back there is the pituitary gland. And the pituitary is the amazing gland. It's the master regulator really of the endocrine system. Kind of like your big electrical panel at home. It has lots of, in feed into it so it receives feedback from the hypothalamus where it has hormones that that stimulate it it has receptors for its own things that it like t4 t3 etc so lots of receptors in the pituitary gland which is this tiny little gland that hangs on a stalk and it's almost kind of like a little mini apple and it hangs on its little stalk like a um, apple does from a tree it releases these hormones, for example, TSH. The TSH then travels through the blood to the thyroid gland in the neck to release T4 and T3, mostly T4. So that is one of the ways the pituitary works. Then the thyroid puts out its own thyroid hormone, that T4, and the body converts it to T3. That goes back through the bloodstream again to the pituitary, which has receptors for T4 and T3, and then it regulates the amount of TSH. So it's in this beautiful circle loop. And if you get too much, it'll decrease the TSH. If you get not enough, it'll increase the TSH. So it's always working in this beautiful pattern. Another thing that it releases is ACTH. So ACTH travels from the pituitary through the bloodstream down to your adrenal glands. Your adrenal glands kind of sit in your back above the kidneys. These There are also these tiny little things that are vital for life. If we took out your adrenal glands and didn't give you the hormone to replace it, you would die within about a day. So that's the cortisol that they're releasing that's so important, but they also release other hormones. So the adrenal glands are under the Stimulation of the ACTH from the pituitary. They're also under a different stimulation. They also have these receptors for which basically help uh, detect salt, blood pressure, volume, etc. So they have another part of the adrenal gland that regulates blood pressure and volume uh, independently of the pituitary. So, different, lots of different systems. In a, another thing that it makes is FSH. So FSH and LH, those go to our ovaries or, or for the man, his gonads. And that rele- that helps us release estrogen, testosterone, making sperm, helping uh, the egg to mature and then be released so it can be fertilized. So the FSH, LH for a man or a woman, they, they stimulate our gonads, which helps with all the reproductive things. Also, Pituitary receives feedback from those things, from testosterone, from estrogen, etc., cetera, and it also regulates in, in response to that, among other things. Uh, in the neck, <clears throat> right next to the thyroid are the parathyroid glands. Now, those are glands that are not under the stimulation of the pituitary. They, however, have lots of receptors for other things. They have receptors for calcium, for vitamin D, and for phosphorus. And they regulate the levels of those in our blood by releasing parathyroid hormone. Parathyroid hormone also travels all throughout the body, has its effect in the gut, in the kidney, in the bone, to always be regulating very tightly these levels in our body. Calcium is so important, especially for the neurological and the heart system because it helps the nerves uh, work basically to conduct so super interrelated Uh, and remember also for example the heart full of thyroid hormone receptors helps it pump so the parathyroid are four little glands that sit alongside the thyroid then moving down in the stomach uh, right underneath that in the abdomen we have the pancreas the pancreas kind of lays out above our belly button and the pancreas has interesting functions of course it has the beta cells which make insulin one of the most important things that the pancreas does is make insulin that is an endocrine function so it has receptors and it understands what our glucose is if the glucose is high then it is stimulating it to release insulin If it is low, then the pancreas releases glucagon. And glucagon is a hormone that goes to the liver and helps it release its stored glucose. Isn't this cool how it all works together once you start learning about it? So those are the endocrine functions of the pancreas, but the pancreas also has exocrine functions, and those are more in the GI area. So my GI colleagues deal with that more, but of course it's important for us to know about it too. If someone has a total destruction of their pancreas, for example, chronic pancreatitis, then they may not make the insulin, they may be diabetic, and they also cannot make glucagon and have severe hypoglycemia, low blood sugars. Those are all the endocrine, but through the exocrine, they may have this chronic malabsorption and actually have to be on pancreatic enzymes. Because through the exocrine fun- function, that means it's the pancreas is releasing hor- uh, enzymes that go to the gut and help us to break down our food and so it can be absorbed. So the pancreas has another function, which is more in the GI realm. That's called exocrine. So that's different than the endocrine, because that endocrine again traveling through the blood. So we talked about that and the adrenals, uh, and then we go down to we we talked about the reproductive organs already under the function of the FSH and LH. And that uh, outside of now the growth hormone that we'll talk about is what composes the endocrine system. So the growth hormone is also released from the pituitary and it works in the liver. The liver is a endocrine organ also. I mean, it has lots of functions. Of course, it's it, it metabolizes things. It does a lot of other things besides just endocrine, but it also does have endocrine functions. So growth hormone acts through the liver to produce IGF-1, which is a, which is a stimulation hormone that stimulates growth. And that's how we, that's how we grow. That's how we elongate our bones and get taller and get stronger. And it affects lipid metabolism and multiple other things, that growth hormone. And that's from the pituitary. And then the last thing to talk about is the gut. So we know from new research, and we've talked about this uh, on my Instagram account, all of the gut-derived hormones that we are learning about that also are now, we know, to be endocrine things. So GLP-1, and that's what your ozempic, trulicity, et cetera, is. gip that's another gut-derived hormone, and that's what uh, Manjaro is. Remember, it's GOP1 plus GIP. And there are multiple other gut-derived hormones that we are just learning about. So there's a whole endocrine world in the gut. Isn't that amazing? So this is just a little short run-through of the basics of endocrinology. I hope that you enjoyed it, and let me know any questions that you have. I would love to answer them and go in more depth with more something more specific in the future. Take care.